Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Good morning. It is Friday, May 19th. It's six minutes after 11. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. His name is Rob Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels. We're glad you're listening this morning. So with the threat of a default looming, John Fetterman urged the White House to keep a remedy on the table. He told Joe Biden that he should not rule out using the 14th Amendment to the Constitution. Some people believe that would allow Biden to order payment on the nation's debt without seeking authorization from Congress. All right, so I'm going to play this audio um, from Fetterman. And look, I understand that in the U.S. Senate, U.S. House, people read things from the dais, podium, whatever you want to call it, all the time. Okay, so I'm not lamenting that. What I am asking you to listen to is one, his inability oftentimes to read the words in front of him, which that should trouble everyone because he's a U.S. senator. And two, as he reads these words, Casey, keep in mind, I believe he was dressed in a hoodie while he's reading these words. Do you think he has any idea what he's saying, what he's saying, or is he just doing his best to read words on a piece of paper? Let's listen and let the audience decide. We're here for one simple reason. President Biden needs to consider using the 14th Amendment uh, if necessary. The entire GOP debt ceiling negotiation is a sad charade. And that's exactly what's wrong about what's wrong in Washington. We're playing with the livelihoods of millions just so the GOP can just turn the screws against uh, hungry Americans. This is the whole reason why the 14th Amendment exists. We need to be prepared to be using it. Again, remember, say that again. We must be prepared to, in order to use it. And we cannot let reckless Republicans hold the economy as a hostage. And an unelected Supreme Court justice will try to blow up our economy. That's on them if they have to judge on that. So, thank you. Incoherent. I mean, he has no idea what he's saying. I mean, he's, he's, he's like, if you said, Rob, can you read Spanish? Yeah, I could I could form the words. I took two years of Spanish in high school. That was 20 plus years ago. I could I know enough to be able to probably form the words, but I have no idea how they run together or what it's actually saying. And that is a U.S. senator. Mm-hmm. And there's these two guys standing next to him. They almost look like they're looking over his shoulder to make sure he reads it. Just just get out there and say this. Okay, good job. Here's your treat. And it's it is amazing. I mean, this guy, and it, we talked about this the other day when he had the bizarro banking hearing, you know, mm-hmm. interactions with people. As a human being, I feel for him because no one clearly loves this guy enough to just put him out of his misery. Nobody cares enough about him to say, I don't care about politics or the ramifications of, you know, the United States Senate. I, you know, in this case, this guy's wife should be saying, I love my husband enough to stop on vacation somewhere so there's that side of it which you feel sympathy for this person but then you realize what john fetterman was before he suffered his various medical ailments 
and it was a radical left-wing Marxist who hates what I stand for, what you stand for, and totally wants to reshape America. And that's who's propping him up right now. Mm -hmm. So on one hand, you feel sympathetic for the guy, but then on the other hand, you realize what he is and realizes he hates me and wants to totally destroy my way of life and what this country is and what it represents. We hated. Who knows if well, he understands today. Right. I mean, it is just pathetic. When you look at him and you look at Feinstein and you look at what the Democrats oh, are doing to these poor people yeah. to, tr- to try to get, whether it's get judges through or whatever, it, it's sick. It's sad and it's sick. Yeah. Uh, Diane Feinstein, she was asked recently how she's doing since returning. And her answer was, what are you talking about? I've been here the whole time. <laughs> like, she didn't even know she was gone. Yeah, I mean. It, recovering it, from shingles. She is She is totally out of it. Um, here's the only problem with Fetterman's little just uh, recitation there, Casey. And look, you know, you don't have to, you know, I get that I'm a. MAGA, radical, right-wing, extremist, semi-fascist, whatever else I've been called over the past several years. So you don't have to take my word for it. But John Fetterman is completely full of crap when he says that uh, Biden can just do this on his own. Mm. And everybody with the firing synapse in their brain, which I'm not sure Fetterman has those anymore. Right. So he may not be aware of it. But those of us who do still have a firing synapse left in our brain are fully aware that Biden can't just do this. Don't take my word for it. Take 2011 Obama's word for it. Now, the gentleman asked about the 14th Amendment. There is uh, there's a provision in our Constitution that speaks to making sure that the United States meets its obligations. And there have been some suggestions that a president could use that language to basically ignore this debt ceiling rule, which is a statutory rule. It's not a constitutional rule. Um, I have talked to my lawyers. They don't, uh, they they do not, uh, they are not persuaded that that is a winning argument. Uh, So the challenge for me is to make sure that we do not default. So he's he's choosing his words so selectively. Well, I I think we're done here, Casey. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, but again, it's 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 no different than Nancy Pelosi going. Biden can't just cancel student loan debt, and then Biden supposedly cancels student loan debt. What a just brilliant president. Mm. He's so brave. He's the smartest of them all. So Section 4 of the 14th Amendment was passed in 1868 to prevent Southern states from getting out of the debts that they owed after the Civil War. And there are, what, there's like 11 Democrats now who are urging the president to go with this 14th Amendment. And and one of them is Ed Markey from Massachusetts. Yes, Ed Markey, a total another leftist lunatic maniac. And uh, now, Casey, mm-hmm. did you know that Republicans are bullies yeah. for demanding that we return to 2022 spending levels? Look at the, the Republicans are bullies. You know, they're, they bullied their way into stealing two Supreme Court seats. They want to bully their way uh, into using uh, our public debt as a way of extracting unjustified uh, concessions from uh, this uh, congressional uh, process. And we have to stand up to the bullies or else they'll keep coming back over and over and over again. 
Okay, so let's review what has happened here. So there was an case you can correct me at any time if I say something that is incorrect here, and I, I know you absolutely will. Uh, you are not a partisan. You are a broker of truth. All right, ready? Mm-hmm. Let's go. So there was an election in 2022. Yeah. The Republicans did win the majority of the seats in the House of Representatives in that election. Correct. The Republicans did. Now, they lied, but they did campaign on if you elect us, we will limit federal spending from where it currently is. Mm-hmm. That is correct. Okay. Still still You're checking still, the box. Yep. Okay. Uh, the money, spending money, does emanate from, per our founding documents, our guiding documents from the House of Representatives. Yes. So, the Republicans won the election, mm-hmm. fair and square. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Republicans campaigned on getting spending under control. And money does emanate from that. Spending money does emanate per our guiding documents from the House of Representatives. Yeah. All of those things I've stated. Okay, very good. You're good. So it would, one would think it would not make you a bully if you are simply doing the thing that you promised to do while campaigning and the people voted for you, I guess seemingly to do, and you're following the rules of our guiding documents of this nation. Yes. Okay, very good. <laughs> it's like an impetuous child who's stomping their feet because they can't have the cookie. And, and let's, but let's talk about how he says there were demanding, demanding to go all the way back to 22 spending levels. Yes. Like that is decades ago. Yes. We're talking five months. Yes. Five months ago. Yes. Oh, you mean that far back? All the way back then. I mean, they're not they're not even I mean, and this look, the Republicans are a joke and they're liars and they're scumbags, and that's why I've just given up voting for the vast majority of these people long ago, because they lied to you about what they were gonna do when they got in there. Mm-hmm. And uh not surprising for any of us who remotely pay attention, but let's remind everybody what we're talking about. The Democrats are angry that the Republican spending proposal and the Republicans have said, we will sign off on you continuing to print money like it's going out of style. All we want is for it to go to the back to 2022 spending levels. And this is what the Democrats are having an aneurysm over is 2022 spending level, yeah. which under the Republican plan still expands the national debt to $47 trillion by 2023. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The prosecution rests, Your Honor. We may go to a break. (laughs) It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. after 11 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So Congressman Rudy Yakim, he tweeted out, uh, you remember him. He's the one who took over for Jackie Walorski when she passed away. Oh, I remember him. But he tweeted out that our unsustainable debt is the single greatest threat to America's future. And he said we have to get our debt crisis and reckless spending under control before it's too late. Time time out, time out, time out. out. I have no idea where you're going with this and I'm totally going to let you do it. I just have to stop you because that is so outrageous. 
that that clown would say that because Rudy Yakum and the rest of those Republicans, including our old pal Jim Banks, are totally on board with this McCarthy debt plan, which would still extend the nation's debt to $47 trillion by 2033. So to Rudy Yakum, I call bullcrap. So it's like talking tough, but nothing to back it up. Do the Republicans always do? Boy, this is really out of control. Somebody ought to do something about this. The reality is the Republicans are holding invested in big government and handouts the same way the Democrats are, just maybe not quite to the grotesque scale that the Democrats are, but the Republicans are totally 100% in the legalized vote-buying business. Okay, so you mentioned Kevin McCarthy, and he was asked what the debt ceiling will look like and what he would agree with. Uh, But look, we can be really sensible and responsible about this. Um, How much is too much? You're sitting almost at a $32 trillion debt. Your debt is now larger than your economy. You're going to pay more in interest in the next 10 years than you paid in the last 80 years. We can no longer ignore this problem. Whatever agreement we come to is not going to solve this because we're not tackling the biggest items. But we have to put a trajectory that we're actually curving the spending level. And we've got to be ability to build things in America. So what I'm looking to and where the Democrats say is draconian, we're talking about spending limits of what we spent five months ago. They think that's draconian. We're talking about work requirements that bring people out of poverty. And remember, this is only on able-bodied people at the certain age that have no dependents. Otherwise, what you're saying is you want to borrow more money from places like China to pay people not to work. Okay, so Biden has been in touch with everybody. He's still overseas. They're supposed to meet on Sunday to work this out. But don't worry about it, Rob. Don't worry, because they have Kamala on it. Yeah, but this again, what he said is also so hyper offensive because he acts like, oh, well, you know, we got all these other issues we got to tackle and we'll get to those eventually. You could get to them right now. You don't want to get to them. That's it, exactly. There it is. This is the time to get to them. You hold all the cards. Mm -hmm. You are in, you are large marge and in charge, right? Mm -hmm. You have all the power. But Joe Biden has told you we cannot default on our debt. We absolutely have to raise the debt ceiling limit. You have all the power. Now, if you wanted to get to them, is the time to get to them. The difference is, the reality is, He doesn't actually want to get to those things. He needs to use those as a dividing line so that the next campaign, he can run on the out-of-control leftist spending. Uh, That's it, exactly. The next campaign and worried about keeping the current job that he has. So Vice President Harris, she was on this call with unidentified leaders. She said the default would be unprecedented and the nation should pay its bills. But she sounds really weird because she had a frog in her throat during the whole thing. It's my pleasure and my honor to welcome the Vice President of the United States to this call, Kamala Harris. Thank you, Mayor Steve Benjamin, for your leadership and all that you do on behalf of our administration. Hello, everyone. I want to thank you all for joining us today. You you can hear I have a bit of a frog in my throat. Please forgive me. I've been talking about this issue a lot recently. (laughs) On this call, we have community leaders, labor leaders, state and local elected officials representing all 50 states and the territories. And you all are on this call So obviously, because you are leaders, you are leaders in your communities, and you stay informed about what is happening. And for that reason, people turn to you when they need to understand and make sense of it all. 
So today we have come together mm. to address a subject that impacts the life of every American, mm -hmm. the debt ceiling, mm -hmm. to make sure America does not default on its debt. We're paying the interest on our debt. We're not even paying down the debt. And if that doesn't instill confidence in you, well, heck, I just don't even know what will. Okay, let's talk about Roseanne Barr, what's going on with her. She had an interview with Megyn Kelly, and uh, she was opening up how she felt betrayed by her former co-star, Sarah Gilbert. And, you know, Sarah Gilbert played her daughter on her canceled show, Roseanne. And, wow, Roseanne was all fired up. I don't know if you heard this or not, but she she said that Gilbert pretty much stabbed her in the back and repeatedly twisted the truth. Well, I think I'm better off too, but like I was going to say, Sarah Gilbert was on that show, The Talk, and it wasn't mm -hmm. enough that she stabbed me in the back and did what she did to me there, but then she would go on her talk show every day and talk about how shocked she was at my racism on top of it. Oh and um, it was every day. And, you know, I had done that show when she needed a guest in... Um, sweeps i went on there every time she asked me in sweeps and um uh i called her up and uh i said just like this you better shut your blanking mouth about me i'm telling you you better shut your effing mouth oh. and then she did <laughs> Uh, you, you, do you want a hot take? Yes. Roseanne, mm -hmm. the original Roseanne, mm -hmm. is one of the 10 greatest sitcoms of all time. And people are going to be like, oh, that is just complete blasphemy. That show, when you take the collective mm -hmm. of that show, it was on for basically nine years, 88 to 97. And here's how it did through 1995 not like any other sitcom not named Seinfeld you know it jumps the shark and viewership goes down but here are the first several years it's rank in terms of the, what it was ranked as a uh, television show two one three two two four nine wow something happened that last season I mean it, it well I mean it's still a top 10 I mean mm -hmm. you know it's um, it, it just was a a complete um just a complete juggernaut mm -hmm. of a of a program. Well, because it was real. Yeah, and you. Look I mean, at you think about the the hand knitted uh, Afghan they had yeah. on the couch. I mean, my grandma knitted one of those for me when I was young. It was it was real. It was a real representation. And and, and you look at the people who became stars out of that. I mean, John Goodman was a somewhat established actor by the time he was in Roseanne, but he wasn't to the level he was there. Obviously, she became a superstar. She was just kind of a. I mean, she was a known comedian, but never like w what she became. Uh, her, what was the husband's name? Who her real life husband? Who? Uh, um, um, oh, Thomas, right? Wasn't that his name? He was in the Tom uh, Arnold. Tom Arnold. Thank yeah. you. Yes, thank you. Very good, Casey. Obviously, he got a whole bunch of stuff off of being married to her and on that show. Uh, you know, super established actors like Martin Mull were a part of that show. Mm -hmm. I mean, that show is often overlooked in terms of the impact it had on society and the success it had. And I say it's one of the 10 best of all time. Yeah. Well, now she's free to speak her mind because she doesn't have to play the political game with Sarah Gilbert anymore. Of course, the show was canceled in 2018. It is 1127. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC and Riley Gaines speaking out against a new Adidas ad, and that is on the way from 93 WIBC. When I believe the world is burning through the crowd.
42 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So Riley Gaines has been speaking out again. Now, you remember her. She is the Kentucky swimmer who had to compete against Leah Thomas, and they actually tied in one race, but the authorities said, no, we need pictures of Leah Thomas holding the trophy, not you. We only have one trophy, so give it to him instead. And uh, she's been making quite a stir, and... Adidas has introduced a new bathing suit, and they've put out a new ad to go along with it. It's a woman's suit, but in the advertisement, they have a male modeling it. Uh, A a transgender is modeling this woman's bathing suit. Okay, Casey, let's pretend we had a time machine. Okay. Okay? You and I have a very fabulous time machine, Um, and we are transported back. I'm not saying, let's go back to the 50s. Let's go back, let's just say 10 years, so 2013. So May the 19th, 2013. And we would have, we would find our former selves. And we will tell you that mainstream American mega companies are now openly flaunting men pretending to be women as their national spokesmodels and spokespeople. We would have just, we would have been like the kid on the Simpsons pointing at and laughing at our, at, as our former selves. I would have thought you're, you're talking about like for Halloween, right? Like men are dressing up in costumes. I mean, this is like, and again, I'm not saying, boy, we must go back to a simpler time when there was an apple pie on the windowsill at American flag in every front yard. I'm talking even 10 years ago, you would have looked at someone and said, you are clinically insane. And yet now it is happening with, I mean, just on a daily basis. Every brand. Yeah. Got and me. I don't understand well, why they're not learning anything from what's happening with these these companies that try to do this. Right. Like, learn from Bud Light what they did. Are their it, sales, their stock, everything why, in the toilet, going down, down, down. Why are they doing this, though, Casey? Because that's that's my question. It can't be that they believe, oh, my gosh, there are just a gajillion transgender people out there, and we are going to just, we are just going to make so much money off insulting women and pretending that men can be women and making our spokespeople and the faces of our company men who are pretending to be women. There's no way they actually believe that, and there's no way that it would, even if they were twisted enough to believe that, Mm -hmm. that the numbers are bearing that out. Look at what happened to Bud Light. Right. That's what I'm saying. Look at all, and and, and Nike as well. Nike did it, and Miller Lite. And so Riley Gaines is talking about this swimsuit ad that Adidas put out, and it features a biological male wearing a women's swimsuit. What the image says to me is that women don't matter, is that we're not good enough to model even our own swimsuits made specifically for women. And something I just find so ironic, a couple things, one of which being the poses that this man is striking, the angles of which they took these photos. It was strategic. It was almost as if, actually it's it's certain as if they took these photos to highlight the bulge in this man's swimsuit. Um, they do it strategically, which is really perverse. It's nasty, it's disgusting, um, it's abysmal again. Two, notice how they don't have women who take the identity of a male advertising men's clothing. We're only seeing this go one way, whether that be with Tampax, whether that be with Nike, of course, Bud Light. I mean, all of these companies we're seeing highlight yeah. someone of the opposite sex. I know. 
But she's right. It is always men in women's clothing. And I I wonder if the designer of this bathing suit did something different. It's it's a one-piece bathing suit. And it's supposed to be, you know, part of the rainbow collection to express to the world how LGBTQ allyship can create a legacy of love. What does that mean, allyship? What the heck does that even mean? I don't know. I've never know. understood this. I don't know, but that's the, Look, they I, created this collection for the allyship. Like, I'm supposed the to mothership. go. I'm supposed to go out of my way to be some sort of teammate with you because of who you share a bedroom with? Let me be as clear as I can. Don't care. I don't care. Right. I don't care if you're sharing it. If you're a man and you're sharing it with a woman, you're a man, you're sharing it with a man, you're a you're a man sharing it with multiple women. I don't care. I don't want to know. I'm not your teammate. To steal a phrase from South Park, I am not your buddy guy. I'm not your friend, buddy. I don't care. I don't hold it against you. I don't hold it for you. You live your own life. But I am not your teammate or ally or whatever else based on who you have interpersonal relationships with. Okay, so this bathing suit, it's a one-piece, and it looks like a traditional one-piece bathing suit that you would see a woman wear. And I'm kind of curious because Riley Gaines mentions you can see the bulge and the way they have the model standing it's very clear it was intentional so that you could see the bulge it, does the bathing suit have some sort of extra special lining or uh, I don't know something to to hold things in more uh, I, I, I wish everybody was watching you on the YouTube right now as you're taking your hands and cupping them and doing together the hold things in like is it a specially designed bathing suit for biological men who want to look like a woman let, let me I have a question or is it just uh, every other woman's bathing suit I have a question for you because you're the uh, you are the broad in this equation here yeah. you're the woman yeah what do you think the end game with all of this is. It's clearly a coordinated effort by mega mega corporate America, right? I mean, it's clearly there is an end game if you are willing to say, I don't care how much money we lose. Mm-hmm. There is a larger goal at hand here. So what is it? This is what I struggle with. Why, if you're Bud Light, would you want to lose all that money? Why would you want to lose consumers? Why would you want to alienate needlessly any anybody like what so what is the end game here you're the woman you're the one being well corporately belittled. i mean they get these credits you know they're they is a credit worth losing 20 percent of your consumer base i wouldn't think so I don't know. Do they think that they're freeing people from oppression? I mean, nobody wants oppression on anybody. Who's being oppressed? You can well, in con- their eyes, they are. You in your in this country, you may chop off or grow whatever you want to chop off or grow. But when when we have reached a point where, and we talk a lot about check, checks and balances on this show, and we are at a point now in in corporate America, in business, in society profit or the ability to stay in business or earn money was the ultimate check and balance, right? That was a reason that for years, mega corporations largely stayed out of politics. The famous Michael Jordan thing, Republicans buy shoes too. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. But now mm-hmm. the, the, in case of emergency break glass, no longer exists or matters because these corporations know what's going to happen and they don't care. I, as a woman, it feels like to me that it's, they don't want they want to erase the female gender 
Like, that's it. Is like, that the goal? I, I, it better not be. But what else could good, it be? Good luck. What what else could it be? Good luck with your future planet. Well, this is my point, though. Is this, and look, you know me, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but at this point, when you start, when all logic goes out the window mm-hmm. and all uh, factual evidence is ignored. Like, why are they doing this? What, are, what else are we left with other than conspiracy theories? Because they know what's happening. There was a time where, I mean, can you imagine in, let's say the 19, again, I don't want to go back to the Stone Age, but let's say in the 1990s. Someone had tried something like what Bud Light tried, and it blew up in their face, and they lost all this money and all these customers. Every corporation, especially in the beer industry, would have been like, whoa, let's never do that. <laughs> and they would have, in fact, run ad campaigns pivoting you know, the opposite mm-hmm. of this. They would have, you know, doubling down on who our you know, consumer base is, and right. let's appeal to those people, and let's win these people that are leaving Bud Light. Let's get them over here. It, that clearly doesn't exist anymore. And so if we're only left with conspiracy theories because all rhyme, reason, and logic is going out the window in terms of companies deliberately working against their best interest, is it some sort of population thing? Is it some sort of altering of the populace? I don't know if population control is the right word, but when all rhyme, reason, and logic is thrown out the window, what are you left with just for us two cackling hens to shoot the breeze on conspiracy theories? Right. I mean, that's what it feels like because we're being force-fed this DEI narrative every which way you turn. Okay, so let's go on to Chip Roy. (laughs) And he's he's this plain-spoken guy from Texas, right? And he said what we're all thinking. Leah Thomas, a biological male swimmer for the University of Pennsylvania. And let's be very clear, if you have eyes, Leah Thomas is in fact a dude. That's just simple, obvious truth. Everybody knows it. Literally everybody knows it to be true. So I'm old enough to remember when women modeled bathing suits. You are too. You remember? Oh. Didn't Miller Light? Didn't Miller Light just apologize for doing it? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. You're absolutely right. Um. So now we can't objectify women in bathing suits. So let's put dudes in bathing suits that are targeted for women. It's. I just. It's so frustrating. Everything is backwards and upside down. But here's the thing, and my question that I continue to ask you, because ultimately you will decide this, not you, Casey Daniels, but you, the female, the the female species, will decide this. What are you going to do about it? Mm. And if indeed boycotts and punishing corporations financially doesn't work, then what are you going to do about it? This is radio. You're supposed to mm-hmm. talk. Well, I'm thinking about, you know, the conversation that uh, Jen Young and I had about this, the Olympian. Oh, yes. The rower. The rower. Yes. And, you know, her response, it was like, what are you going to do about it? And her response was very telling because she said she's scared to speak out because she doesn't want to be bullied. She's got a family. She's got a business. She just wants to just, just, I don't like it. It doesn't make any sense. It's not right. But... Let me live my life. Then you're going to lose. If if people are like her, and and God bless her, she came on this radio show and she did a lot more than a lot of other people do. Mm -hmm. If you're a woman out there hearing our voice, if you don't speak out, you're going to lose. These sicko, weirdo people are going to win. Ultimately, this is in the... Because they're the loudest. Right. 
It's yeah. the it's the same reason when you go down to the state house, the angry red shirted teachers almost always get what they want. Why? Because they're there, they're loud, they wear color coordinated shirts. Society's weak. I was around weak people all the time in the government. I used to laugh my backside off at those people because their weakness was exploited. The reason people were mean to them or up in their grill or giving them crap was because they knew they were weak. If you can bully or push somebody around. Well, I mean, hello, look what happened to the entire country during COVID. Yeah, well, yeah, weak society. Exactly. Bully and push people so, around, so, lock them down. So if- that's Is that what they're trying to do to the entire female gender? If women are not willing to speak up and do the, to steal a Kamala phrase, to do the work, to do the boycotts, Mm -hmm. to have the rallies, Mm -hmm. to punish severely Mm -hmm. these companies that do this. Because ultimately, while I matter in the equation of since I'm a consumer, and obviously these are things I think about when I consume different things, I am a man. I am not going to be the one who's going to be able to ultimately push the ball across the finish line because it's women who are being violated here men who are stealing what it means to be women and so unless more women are willing to speak out and speak up and i'm talking in social settings i'm talking in public settings then you're gonna lose well i wouldn't buy that bathing suit to begin with because it's a one piece and you know oh, what I Oh, I know wear. how you are. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. Okay, coming up next, we've got Susan Beckwith, and we're going to talk about etiquette at weddings. It is wedding season, and that's on the way with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. It's time to mind your manners with Susan Beckwith. the Kendall and Casey show and it is time to let you people head into the weekend with well some sort of human decency to take with you (laughs) you need to mind your manners you know we started doing this several weeks ago Casey because I felt like what one we had to end our show for the week on a positive note yes and two we've just got We've just got some people that need some refining mm-hmm. out there in listener land. And we, <laughs> when we put the thing, the two things together, we said, who better to do that than the former Miss Indiana Susan Beckwith? And this week, Casey, yeah. Susan is going to walk us through. It is wedding season. It is. All the people are getting married. Yes. We've got people in this building that are getting married. Love, exciting, and new. And of course, there's a lot of responsibility as the bride and the groom and the family of the bride and the groom. But there's also responsibility as the guest. What? You've got Ed. You've got responsibilities as a guest, and here to walk through it with us, the one and only Susan Beckwith on the DriveHubler.com hotline. Susan, how are you? Good morning. Doing great. Actually, you mentioned it's wedding season. We have two weddings this weekend. What? 
<laughs> yes, both Saturday and Sunday. So, yes, it starts to really pick up May and June and into the summer months. So it's good. I, I love weddings. Okay, so uh, we got invited to a wedding, my wife and I. I got the invitation. I said, I'll get around to it. And she said, no, 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 we must RSVP immediately. She logged on to whatever portal or platform or whatever. They had one of those <laughs> QR code things. I don't understand any of that. But she said, we must do it immediately. Mm-hmm. How quick do I have to tell you I'm coming to your wedding? Well, your wife is so smart, and she did exactly what she was supposed to do, ideally upon receiving as soon as possible, but definitely by the deadline so that they can plan accordingly. I am lazy, Susan. You know this. Uh, On everything (laughs) other than my radio career, I'm very lazy. And I just like to throw money at problems and hope they go away. What is the dealio on the gifts? Is it inappropriate? Do I have to buy a gift off the registry? Or can I just say, here's some money, have a nice life? You know, etiquette experts are a little divided on this. Emily Post, who she was, you know, famous for writing etiquette books in the 20s and then writing a column. Anyways, she said that it's okay to buy something off registry so long as you know the couple will 100% love it. Mm. I and other etiquette experts disagree with that in some, some form or fashion. I feel like if... They have taken time to identify either things they really need or want. That's what I lean into, or a gift card or cash. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about cash. <laughs> That's Casey's favorite topic. <laughs> yes, uh, cash in an envelope. Isn't that everyone's favorite gift? What is the appropriate <laughs> amount? Well, a couple of things regarding cash gifts. Ideally, if possible, it's great to send beforehand because sometimes weddings can be so chaotic. And if you bring the gift there and then, you know, worrying about it actually making it to the couple is is a little more nerve wracking. So ideally, if you could send it in uh, advance, that's wonderful. Uh, so Zola, I don't know. Have you have you all ever heard of this website? I wasn't as familiar with it, but it's similar to the knot. What is it? What are you talking about? You're, they might as well be Chinese here, Susan. Tell us what's going on. <laughs> So there is a Vogue actually published this article back in April and they quoted Zola, which is similar to um, the knot, which is a wedding registry or a wedding planner website. But basically they had said the amounts regarding cash gifts. If it's a coworker, 50 to 75, a friend or a relative, 75 to a hundred close friend, a family member, a hundred to 150. What? So, I know. I was a little bit surprised upon reading some of their suggested amounts, especially if you've already been in the wedding as Mm. a close family member, because it can get expensive. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, Susan Beckwith is our guest. It's Mind Your Manners. We're talking about wedding guest etiquette. Uh, Okay, so this is something I've gone around and around with people over the years. You're at the wedding. These are your friends, your family. You want to tell the world. You say I'm supposed to wait before I post any pictures that I take on the social media platforms. You know, they've hired a professional photographer to capture the best photos, and it's really best to let them take the lead and post before you do. However, one good way to know if they're okay with that, with posting right away, is if they provide a hashtag. So some couples will get really creative and provide a personalized hashtag so then all of the photos can be really visible in that one place. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about attire at the wedding yeah. for the guests. <laughs> what are we wearing? This is 
one I'm kind of passionate about because I feel like people really need to heed whatever is the suggested dress code indicated on the invitation. So if it says black tie or black tie optional, you know, you don't want to show up in shorts, which I have seen. So, so, so the tuxedo t-shirt doesn't work. <laughs> well, yes, no. That would not, yes, note that, Rob. <laughs> oh, oh, it's my fault. Of course, yes, thank you. Um, question, Susan. What is the, okay, This and this is why, as you know, your husband was the officiant for our wedding. Um, this yeah. is why I got married in my backyard and basically no one was there because I felt like, well, no matter who I don't invite, you know, you got to draw the limits somewhere mm. and somebody's going to be offended. And so if I just really don't invite anyone, then no one can be offended. You're an equal opportunity <laughs> offender. What, what, how, where do you cut it off? How do you decide who's in, who's out? I mean, and if you're... If you're a potential guest at a wedding, do you have the right to be offended if you weren't invited? No, it's hard. Weddings are so expensive. So really, you know, you need to consider, you know, enough guests for the groom, the bride, and then they say close friends. And mm-hmm. so and then you just you you have to just know that if they really love you and um, are your friend, they are going to understand that mm-hmm. weddings these days are so costly. And I, I love that a lot of people are scaling back and making them more intimate. I think that's great. Tell us about your very fabulous website, Bell of the Midwest. Oh, I'm so excited because I've received some correspondence from your listeners. Oh, great. Really, it's so fun. Yes. So you can go to bellofthemidwest.com and learn a little bit about my background, why I'm interested in etiquette, but also it's a great way to get in touch with me. I'd love to join your civic group, church, uh, you know, school to just share either about tea etiquette or social etiquette. So that's a good way to get in touch with me. You can also follow me on social media uh, at Bell of the Midwest on Instagram and Facebook. Yeah, and I heard you got approached at a local diner the other day, too. Oh, yes. I've gotten stopped uh, a few times, which is so great. And I'm always looking for topics that, you know, listeners want to hear. So I've I've received some good ideas that we will be uh, doing in the future. And so if you have a question, definitely call in and let us know. So next week, Susan, are we going to be talking about etiquette of seeing someone famous out in public and how do you approach them? (laughs) That would be a good one. Yes, I know. There's all of these. I had somebody say, man, I just had no idea about elevator etiquette. And I said, well, these are all the things that, you know, just kind of make our society function uh, in a cohesive manner. So, yeah, it's good. I do. I have to ask you, I was thinking about the title of our, our segment, yes. I, my, my Manners, which I think is so great. And, you know, that's something my grandmother would always say growing up. But I was like, you know, wonder if Raised by Wolves would have been more. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just excited, Susan, because the people at the state house say we have no listeners and the fact that you're getting noticed out in public for mm-hmm. your segment that you do here where people are listening well at least we have one or two listeners so that's just very 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 exciting for us that we have one or two oh, listeners you guys are great i love your show and no i think you're very beloved and excited to continue to see how you guys grow at least our guests still like us bell yes. of the midwest <laughs> b-e-l-l-e of the midwest.com susan beckwith you're the best thank you have a great weekend. Yeah, you too. And that's going to put us into the weekend. Thank you, Rob. Thank you. Is it Jason? Yes. Thank you, Jason. They're good. Glad you know your coworkers, Casey. <laughs> and thank you for listening. And we're going to count on you to be back here on Monday. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.